0: Hello and welcome to Radical Simple Living. This is Series 2, Episode 16. Welcome to my homestead, which is in the beautiful part of the world, small land in southern Sweden. And I'm here on a February afternoon. It's been nice and sunny, but it is now chilling off and uh, getting darker. And I've got... Two sleeping cats, two awake cats, and one dozing husky puppy with me here. So if you hear noises, it's them I'm going to blame for it, of course. Now, I want to talk to you today about two things, really, but they're, they're buried together in one thing. And it's, it's really to do with time, and it's how you use your time and how you don't use your time. Uh, But it's not what you may think. I'm not going to be telling you you should be using your time doing this or you should be using your time doing that. That's not what I'm about. I'm really talking about how we put things off and how we waste time and how we don't use time as effectively as we could. Now, this is important because one thing we can be sure of in this world where not many things are certain is that time is running out. Now it may not be running out very quickly. Uh, I don't know your personal situation. You may be 108 for all I know, in which case you have a different view of time than somebody who's 18. But we don't know how long we've got left. We don't know how much time there is in the road that lies ahead of us. And without getting gloomy, It's not just about death I'm talking about. It's talking about how we use time to get things done that need doing. And when do they need doing? Um, Part of the reason for this is because a news story uh, hit me in the week. I I browse through news stories. I I don't get a paper here. It's It's a long way to go to buy a paper from here. And they certainly don't deliver. But I do check up news on the internet. One story I saw this morning... Was the fact that one in five Australians, and I'm not having a go at Australians because I suspect they're rather better than most of it, one in five Australians is totally unprepared for a power outage. They do not have the things necessary in their home to protect themselves and to provide light and a bit of heat for themselves if the power goes out. Now, uh, obviously Australia's had some pretty harsh weather, particularly over the last, what, five to seven years? And you would imagine that Australians out there watching the news would think, well, I'd better get some candles in, i better get some flashlights, I'd better maybe think about getting a, a way of charging things up through solar panels rather than through mains electricity. I better have an alternative method of cooking, an alternative method of heating, all these things. But apparently one in five of them is totally unprepared for a power cut. And I wonder if that's any better in Europe. I wonder if it's any better in in North or South America. I just don't know. I don't think that Australia is any different from the rest of the world in that some people are putting it off. And why are they putting it off? Because they think they've got time to organise it later. I doubt if there's many of those one in five Australians thinking to themselves, a power cut is never going to happen to me. I suspect the more likely explanation is, oh, nearer the time, I'll get some things together. And the one problem with that kind of philosophy is you don't know when a power cut is going to happen. Now, where I live in northern Sweden, people sort of expect power cuts in... in, in did I say northern Sweden? I no, live in southern Sweden. Um, people kind of expect power cuts to happen. A, because people living in rural areas like me live at the end of long power lines. And between me and where the power comes from there's lots of trees and one of those falls over and the power goes out that's what happens that's not a an issue that's the way it is i accept that if i want to live in the middle of the woods and i want to be connected to the grid although sometimes i wonder about the wisdom of that um then i accept that there may be breaks in this and there may be times when that power goes off and i'm prepared for it It doesn't always happen when you expect it, though. You might think it'll be some stormy night in the middle of winter that'll go off, but it's just as likely to go off in the middle of summer. It's just as likely to go off on a still day when you're not expecting it. And okay, you could argue, well, if it goes off in summer, it's not so much of a problem. And indeed it isn't, but it still pays to be prepared for it living in the middle of a forest also you run the risk of forest fires forest fires have been close enough here that you could smell them on occasions the local fire service has done a wonderful job on a spotting them and b putting them out but anybody that lives near woodland as the residents of of california and the residents of other um, forested places will know forest fires break out and when they do break out they spread very quickly and when they spread you have moments to do things you don't have all oh, the fires coming a bit close what should we do let's get a few things together no the advice to people here as it is in other parts of the world is you need to have a bug out bag and you need to have that packed with a few things and you need to be ready in case you need to leave the house in a hurry and if you leave the house in a hurry You've got some clothing, you've got some food, you've got any medication you may need, you've got important documents maybe, I'll talk about that in a minute, Um, and you've got all those things together so you can take them out. And a lot of people say, oh that's a really good idea, I'll get one of those together. But they don't. Why not? Because they think they've got plenty of time. People assume that bad things that are going to happen to them, and good things, maybe, are going to happen sometime in the future. Now, sometimes I hear people talking about global warming, for instance, and they're talking about it as something that's going to happen in the future. You hear people saying, when global warming happens, or when the climate starts to change, or when the weather breaks down, or when sea levels start to rise, or when we stand a greater risk of flooding. And I'm afraid people are deluding themselves because those things are happening already. We're already suffering from global warming. We're already at risk. We already have to be prepared and ready for what can take place. And I know there are those doubters out there that say global warming isn't a real thing. And okay, if you want to believe that, it's not for me to attack your belief. Uh, values but an awful lot of people out there listening think that global warming is real and is happening and you better be ready for it. So one of the things you could start by doing is assessing what you need to have ready in case something bad happens. Now in addition to those bad things that happen with forest fires and floods and hurricanes I know that people in the States that are in the hurricane belt could teach the rest of us an awful lot about how to be prepared. Um, I know that people board up their houses. I know that people keep supplies in. I know that people know where to tune their radio to to make sure things are going. And I know people have alternative lighting and alternative heating and cooking. That's wonderful. But the gr- group of people that need to be prepared is much greater than it ever used to be. People in areas previously considered as safe have now got to worry about the weather. In the last two weeks, there have been enormous storms across Britain and across Norway. There's been torrential rain in California. There's been incredible drought in the deserts of the, of the southwest. These things are happening and you need to take the time. There's that time word again. You need to take the time to make sure you're ready for these things. Now, here's an idea for you. If you do have a bug out bag, if you do have something to grab in case a disaster hits your phone, how do you know which documents to take? Here's an idea. Get yourself one of those USB sticks. You know, the ones that click in the side of a laptop? I know you're saying, oh, I've got a, I've got an iPhone and it's not gonna work on that. Well, there's there's something you can do. You can get an adapter. Good thing to do one evening when you could be watching television or you could be falling asleep or trying to read a book, one thing you could do is take your important documents that you've got, if you've scanned them online, if not, you're going to have to scan them, birth certificates, marriage certificates, um, any health documents, insurance documents, ownership documents for your house, latest bank statements, things like that. Scan them into your computer and store them on a USB stick. And put that USB stick in your bug-out bag. So if flood, fire, famine, droughts, civil unrest, any of these things uh, come your way, that's a that's my husky fighting off sleep. You can hear in the distance there. She's not going to win. Sleep is going to take over. She always has a sleep about this time in the afternoon. It's very nice. Um, if you've got all those documents on a USB. You can put that into your bug out bag and when you go it, you can find a computer somewhere and you can upload them. You can do it at the police station. You can do it for your insurance company. All of these things will be possible. It's a much better way than putting all your, your the hard copies of all those important documents in your bug out bag. And you know, they need to be stored somewhere fireproof in your house, I would say. Now. All of those things you could do, and when are you gonna do them for? Well, it's no good thinking that some disaster might hit you in a long way in the future. Say, oh, there might be a forest fire, but it won't be for years yet. You don't know when that forest fire is gonna happen. You don't know when your house is gonna be in peril. You don't know at all. A lot of us live in very difficult parts of the world where there are wars or there are wars close by, and all of us feel war spreading. You've only had to look in a newspaper here in Sweden or look on any of the British newspapers that you can see online or even American newspapers on occasions to see that people are talking about things like war spreading, war breaking out, conscription being reintroduced, that governments are going to have to spend a lot more money on arming countries rather than on some of the social projects they had. And if these things happen, you want to be prepared for that too. And again, it's no good waiting until war is declared before you're prepared. Be prepared, ready, and try and and do things. Now, I've spoken in earlier episodes about some of the things you can do. I'll mention them again towards the end of this podcast. But at the moment, I want to address the question of why don't we do things right away? You know, if I've said it's a good idea to do this, and I thought, oh, it's a good idea to do that, why don't I go away and do it? Why do I put it off? I'm saying me, you do it too, don't you? I know you do. I know you put things off. Even really well-organised people put things off. And why do they do it? Well, one reason is to avoid thinking about things. Not thinking about things is not an answer. Not thinking about what would happen in a disaster isn't going to help you plan for a disaster. If you live in a tower block, not planning what you're going to do if there's a fire in your tower block isn't going to make you safer. It's going to put you in danger. What you have to do is be realistic about the risks of, to life and limb where you live in your situation. I live in the middle of a forest. My situation is very different from somebody who lives in a tower block. So I can't give you a set of conditions necessary that you're going to have to think about. You're going to have to work it out for yourself. But do think about what could go wrong and think about what plans you can make. And some people's plans owe a lot to be... um, Somebody I saw in the news once has said they've started stockpiling flour in case there's an emergency. Well, it's okay stockpiling flour in case there's an emergency. But if there's an emergency, are you going to have electricity to cook that flour? are you going to have a gas supply to cook that flour are you going to have a water supply to mix water with that flour to make it into something if those other questions are no, stockpiling flour is not a sensible idea you've got to think forward into what's going to happen for you now if that involves you getting some kind of bug out bag I know there are other names for these things, I, I can't quite remember all of them, but they're a sort of false bag you can grab in case something goes wrong it's also worth keeping one in your car in case your car gets caught in snow or something. That's happened to lots of people this winter. Just have one. If you keep food in it, make sure that regularly you check that food. Put on your, if you've got a, a diary or something, just go three months in future and say, check the bug out bag. Look, see if the food's still date. If you've got bottled water in there, replace the bottled waters with something a little bit newer. That kind of thing. So you have to maintain a bug out bag as well as having one. And keep a little notebook somewhere. And if you suddenly think of something else that should be in your bug out bag, write it in the notebook. And then when you get the next opportunity, get it and put it in the bag. Don't think about doing it one day before a disaster happens because a disaster might happen tomorrow. It might happen before you get to the end of this podcast. We have absolutely no idea. So avoiding things because you don't want to think about them You know, think about what would happen if your house caught fire. Think about what would happen if water starts coming in. If you haven't thought about these things, you won't know what you're going to do. And being prepared is a wonderful thing because it just makes you faster. It makes it more likely you're going to be able to save your possessions, save your own life and the lives of those around you. So do think about those things. Another thing that people do is pretending that things are not as they are. People like to pretend that things are better. People like to pretend that their home isn't any risk whatsoever. They like to pretend that there's a way they can do things when they can't. They like to pretend that they're better prepared than they are nobody is that brilliantly prepared all of us have to think about it and all of us have to take some precautions to make sure we're ready now that's pretending is a bit like people that pretend global warming isn't happening or pretend that the international situation and this can come of two things it can become a stupidity and you can't really do things for people that are stupid can you they just are But a lot of it comes from ignorance, and ignorance literally means ignoring the facts that are there in front of you. You know, if you're ignoring the fact that war is breaking out on your doorstep, then you're not going to be prepared for when things go wrong. If you look at the situation and think about it and think what could happen, then you're going to be better prepared so avoiding things pretending things are better than they are the other one is leaving things to do tomorrow and this i'm afraid i am guilty about just like my husky who is now fast asleep having done all that groaning is now fast asleep at my feet all of us get very tired i I will let you into a secret i get tired at about nine o'clock at night it doesn't matter if i've done very little that day it doesn't matter if I've been working outside from five o'clock in the morning until eight o'clock at night. By nine o'clock at night, I go into the kind of thing your computer does when something goes. You know, your phone or your computer or your tablet occasionally goes in this sort of black and white big font and says, oh, emergency mode and those sort of things. That's what happens to my brain at about nine o'clock at night my brain whatever i'm thinking about whatever i'm talking about whatever i'm reading whatever i'm listening to whatever i'm watching whatever conversation i'm having with somebody my brain goes into this mode must go to bed now must find bed you know must find bath have bath go to bed must drink water must close always sleep that's what my brain goes into It doesn't say, oh, let's start a conversation with somebody online about the finer points of this or that. That ain't going to happen. It doesn't say, oh, must do that last bit of cleaning up in the kitchen. It doesn't say, oh, must read this last chapter of the book. No, it says, go to bed now, go to sleep, wake up tomorrow and do it again. So leaving things to do tomorrow are okay if they're not important. You know, if I don't put everything away in the kitchen, guess what? When I get up tomorrow morning, it's still going to be there. And I can still put it away there. And as long as I'm not causing any danger, you know, don't leave things in a dangerous situation. But if it's, you know, putting a few plates away or some cutlery, you can do it tomorrow. It's still going to be there. Believe me, I've experimented with this so many times. Some people have elves that visit them or mice or something that tidy up for them in the night. You've all seen that video lately i suspect of a little mouse tidying up a a workbench at night it hasn't happened to me yet it hasn't happened to me i have gone to bed and come down and found more mess in the morning because i have teenage children but that's a different thing leaving things to do tomorrow is all right unless those things are important And one of the ways you can do things that are important is if you have a to-do list, a little list that you add things to that you must do tomorrow, look at your to-do list and do the important things first. One of the reasons that this podcast is sometimes late, as it is this week, I'm sorry it's late, I say this week, it should have come out last week, but it hasn't, it's coming out here on a Monday. One of the reasons I'm late with this is because I had other things to do that were more important. I'm sorry, talking to you is very important, but there are other things that are more important than me doing. Like last week, um, my cellar was flooding with molten snow on all the hills around me and all the water was coming into my cellar. And I don't normally need to worry because I have a pump working in the cellar all the time. But the pump failed and I had to do something about it and quick. That was more important to me than um, making a podcast sorry but it was so things that need doing need doing urgently if you've got a to-do list look at the urgent things when you get up in the morning feed the children feed the animals water the plants and then start doing the most important things on your list now at the other end of this spectrum um, of course we get things wrong by being in a rush hands up all those that have got things wrong by being in a rush sometimes okay there's somebody Somebody in, uh, somebody's in the Midwest there who's never done that, but I, I, I don't know. All of us rush things at times, and when we rush things, we do things wrong. We make a loaf of bread and forget to put, I don't know, the salt in or something like that. We make an omelet and forget to put the egg You know, sounds too silly for words, but all of us have done silly things on occasions rushing is quite bad because of this and the only way you can avoid being in a rush is go to things in good time estimate how long things are going to take you and give yourself enough time to do it if you're doing a job outside and you know it's going to get dark and you're going to have to stop doing it make sure that you're in a position to stop before darkness falls so you can move on to the next thing fairly easily okay being in a rush And some people say they have no time. Right, I've got a couple of quotes for you people. The first one is an Amish quote. Now, the Amish, as you know, lead a very simple life. Now, as I've said before, you may not agree with the Amish way of life, but that doesn't mean you can't learn from the Amish way of life. And we can learn an awful lot from the Amish because they're very good at what they do. And... One of the things you can do is learn, learn more from the Amish and you will get drawn into learning more about the Amish way of life and Amish beliefs and things like that. We're not going in and gold digging, we're not rushing into Amish culture and stealing what is worth taking and leaving the rest. We want to study and learn it in some way. This comes from a publication called Amish Rules for Godly Life. And what those rules are, is not rules conventionally, you must not do this, you must do that. They're things for people to think about. And this one is, okay, it's religious, and those of you that are religious will see the religion in it. And those of you that are not religious, don't need to worry about it, because you can see there's common sense in it. This is what it says, from the Amish Rules for Godly Life, this is translated from Pennsylvania Dutch, Never go to sleep without considering how you have spent the day just past, what you accomplished for good or evil, and you will readily perceive whether you are using your time, fleeting unredeemable time, in a constructive manner or not. I love that bit there, using your time, fleeting unredeemable time, in a constructive manner or not. From the Amish rules of godly life. That gives you some idea of how you could be thinking about time as being something incredibly precious. And the next little quote adds to that idea. Now, this quote is already in a religious context, but again, you can take from it what you will. And this is a Quaker quote, and this is from William Penn. And this quote is often shortened and abbreviated, but this is a fuller quote than you may know before. Here we go. There is nothing of which we are apt to be so lavish as of time and about which we ought to be more solicitous since without it we can do nothing in this world. Time is what we want most but alas we use worst and for which God will certainly most strictly reckon us when time shall be no more. That's from William Penn. And finally, just when you think time is something you've got to deal out carefully without ever taking time to do anything more slowly, this is the best quote about time ever, and it comes from Leo Tolstoy. This is the quote. Remember, then, there is only one time that is important now. It is the most important time because it is the only time when we have any power The most necessary man is he with whom you are with. For no man knows whether he will ever have dealings with anyone else. The most important affair is to do him good. Because for that purpose alone we are sent into this life. Leo Tolstoy. How to use your time. Okay. Now, uh, what can we say about this? Time... It's the same for all of us. We're all getting older by exactly the same time. All of us will be one day older in 24 hours time. Time is doled out to us the same way, minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, week by week. Some of us manage to use our time very well for what we have to do. Some of us use our time in ways that we don't need to use it. We create false deadlines, we do things that we don't need to do, we get tied up in spirals of deadlines that have nothing to do with us. Decide your time and how you want to use it. But the one thing you can't do is not use the time that is important to prepare yourself and get ready for what may lie ahead. In difficult times, you have to do what you normally do you've got to live your life you've got to do your chores you've got to do the things that people have to do every day but use some of that time some of that precious time for planning what is going to happen in the future and making sure you're ready for that that's the big message okay now This is southern Sweden and it is February so normally I will be looking out my door and it will out my window I should say the door is closed looking out my window here and seeing deep snow all around and in fact there isn't deep snow it's been very mild for the last few days we got up as high as eight degrees um, yesterday and we've been up to five degrees today it's incredibly unseasonal and what is going to happen is tomorrow it starts to get colder again and it's going to snow again. Now I'm grateful because one of the things I don't want to happen is this thing that sometimes happens when it gets warm and mild. This is like a British spring when this happens. It gets warm and it gets mild and all the plants, the fruit trees and the shrubs all put out buds and stop poking little leaves out and then all of a sudden what happens but a tremendous frost comes along and kills them all now that you don't want to happen so I would sooner that spring came slowly and spring came evenly and when spring arrives proper that it's a good spring and the temperatures are good and the rainfall is good I know that earlier this week that groundhog was doing their business And that groundhog didn't see its shadow this year, which means spring is not far away. And I certainly hope groundhogs hovers. I hope groundhogs are as sensible as they look. And that gets to be the true case. I really do. It has been early. I've started tapping some maple trees in the garden. I haven't done this before. It's my first year at it. But I'm hoping I've chosen just the right time. Getting warm in the day, getting cold at night. I don't know. That remains to be seen thank you for joining me today remember if you are on social media do what you can to uh, push these podcasts a little bit so people get to hear about them i don't get a lot of time to spend on social media i put it up when i i've done a podcast i publicize it but if you can have some other way of telling people about it please do so i will be grateful and as i always say even if you know people that would hate this podcast and would hate everything I'm talking about and totally disagree with me, I'd like them to listen too, just to, just to make their day. You know, there's somebody out there saying things they disagree with. It's good to listen to people you don't like occasionally. That's important. Okay, um, it's been nice having you and I hope to speak to you again very, very soon. But from small land, it's goodbye for now.